We could spend an entire episode just discussing the amazing biography of our guest today. She is one of the most distinguished novelists, and we are incredibly grateful to be in conversation today with the incomparable Alice Hoffman. Alice Hoffman has published over 30 novels, three books of short fiction, and eight books for children and young adults. Her work has been published in more than 20 translations and more than 100 foreign editions. Her novels have received mention as notable books of the year by the New York Times, Entertainment Weekly, the Los Angeles Times, Library Journal, and People Magazine. Her novels include the Oprah's Book Club selection, Here on Earth, the cult classic, Practical Magic, The Dove Keepers, which is a critically acclaimed book that Toni Morrison called a major contribution to 21st century literature, and the award-winning and recent New York Times bestsellers, The Museum of Extraordinary Things, The Marriage of Opposites, and Faithful. In 2017, Alice released The Rules of Magic, a prequel to Practical Magic. The Rules of Magic was selected as a Library Reads, Indie Next List, and Reese Witherspoon Book Club pick. And I have to say, it is one of my favorite books. In 2020, the third book in the Practical Magic series, Magic Lessons, was published and received praise from the New York Times, Publishers Weekly, the Boston Globe, and lots of our library patrons. The fourth and final book in the Practical Magic series, The Book of Magic, came out last month, and I am currently trying to devour and savor this book simultaneously. You really, you seem like you're really trying to like pace yourself. Like I want I to continue it, but I also don't want it to be over. I, it's, it's the struggle when you have a great book. <laughs> so welcome to the first 50 pages, Alice. Thank you so much for having me here. It does seem quite magical to have you as our guest today. And we can't wait to talk about your latest book, The Book of Magic. For listeners who may not be familiar with the Practical Magic series, could you tell us a little bit about the Owens family and their curse? Yes, I'd be happy to. I wrote a book, I think it was 25 years ago. I'm not sure. It might have been a little, little bit longer. about two sisters named Sally and Jillian who came from a family in which magic was inherited and which was also, um, there was also a curse involved in this family. And um, the curse was whoever was to fall in love with them would meet with an untimely death. And so as I've written more about the family, um, especially in Magic Lessons, which is kind of the origin story about Maria Owens, who's the original ancestor. I explain why that curse came to be. And it came to be because Maria fell in love with the wrong man, as many people do. And this wrong man happened to be, during, it was during the Salem Witch Trials, and he was one of the judges, John Hawthorne, um, who's a relative of Nathaniel Hawthorne's. And um, so she put on this kind of protective curse on all the generations to follow to protect them from love. But of course, doing that became a curse because if you're protected from love, you're missing out on a huge uh, part of being human. Um, So that's really what the books are about is, you know, about the curse and about the breaking of the curse and about breaking family trauma and tragedies and patterns and kind of starting, starting anew. So when you started out writing Practical Magic, did you envision this becoming a series of books? Like, was that always in the back of your mind? No, never, never, never. And if I had been smart enough to have thought of that, I would have had an outline and I would have 
planned out the books, but in, I never thought I would go back to it. And the only reason I did was because I had readers contacting me saying, you know, I think there's more to the story. I think you should write a, a sequel. Um, and as I started to think about it, I, I thought they're right. You know, this is what I should do. And, but I decided to first write a prequel, which is the rules of magic, which takes place in the sixties in New York city in Greenwich village, which is my favorite place, my favorite time. And the time I grew up there and, um, and uh, so I just felt like, and when I was done with that, I felt, well, I really want to go back further in time in magic lessons to see how this whole thing started. And then with the book of magic, my newest book, it's kind of closure for, for me, <laughs> but also for the characters. And also I think for many of the readers who, who've been so incredibly dedicated and terrific about the books. And I know we as fans definitely appreciate that too. We always like to be able to know more about those characters we come to know and love and kind of what happens to them and, you know, all of that. So while you were writing, you know, we've talked about, you know, the Practical Magic series. Was there a character or a part of the story that surprised you and kind of came to life differently than you had planned? You know, it's funny that you would ask that because that happens to me all the time. You know, I make an outline and I have poster boards with post-it notes and then something will happen and everything changes. And one of the things that happened was in Rules of Magic, I was writing about Franny and Jet, they are in Practical Magic, the elderly aunts and or aunts. And um, and then in Rules of Magic, they're young girls and women. And I didn't know they had a brother, Vincent. He just like walked in and took over. I fell in love with him. And, you know, he became such an important part of the family and, and the plot. And, you know, I never expected that to happen. That was a complete surprise to me. I, I really love that you went back to them younger because in Practical Magic, we see them as older and a bit eccentric, but then you take us back to when they were young and you know, just it gives you such a, an appreciation for the character development um, and the, the story arc. It's just, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking about how we could never really know our older relatives yes. and, mm -hmm. and, you know, because we didn't know them when they were young and our younger relatives can't know us because they see us as who we are now. They have no idea the trouble we got into and the things that happened to us. And, you know, if, if, if only they could time travel and be there with us in Greenwich right. village, they would understand yes. us. And it was kind of, it was coming from that place of, you know, how do you get to know the people in your family? Um, and I, I know that other readers have told you this too, that in the rules of magic, you know, there's some tears shed if you're invested in that story. Um, it is a beautiful story and there is, you know, so many, you know, hope and wonderful things that happen in the story. But um, yeah, and I have to say for me too, that was the first book that I cried reading in a long time. It was, oh. I was really invested <laughs> in those characters. You know, I hate to say this, but I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> no. I, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And and I didn't see it coming. That was the other thing. Like, sometimes you're reading a book and you know there's sad things. And, and you kind of know, you know, because of the curse that something might happen. But I was so invested in your characters that, oh, yeah, 
there were there were definitely tears. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, I have to say that when I was writing the Book of Magic, I cried the whole time I was writing it. I mean, I, I still read it and I still cry because just what you were saying, you know, life is love, but it's also loss. And, you know, as these characters get older, things happen, um, there's loss involved. And that was hard for me as a writer. So, you know, I kind of, I want you to cry because I feel that then you're feeling what I'm feeling. You're feeling the characters. Yeah, I definitely think it helps us make that, you know, connection to the books. Um, so like in this series, you know, it seems like it's such a wonderful balance of, you know, research, but also storytelling. Um, is the magic in your books based on your research or is it like totally, you know, invented? It's completely based on research. And, you know, you know, anything to do with herbs or any spells, it's all research because I don't think I want to take it upon myself to invent that. Um, <laughs> Fair. But and I and I also kind of try to make certain that nothing dangerous is in there so that no nobody, you know, no 12 year old reader is going to, you know, do something to your dog or, you know, when the movie came out, they were they did hire a, an alleged witch and, and they put some spells in there that people actually tried to complete. And one of them, it was they broke into I think it was Brad Pitt's house and tried to oh. complete a love spell, which. She was promptly arrested. It didn't work out for her. But yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty careful about it. And I want to be as true um, uh, to herbal and spiritual and all everything to do with witchery um, as I can possibly be. So I have always been drawn to stories about witches. And I grew yeah. up on a steady diet of fairy tales. And I, I remember one of the first books that consumed my imagination that I can read on my own was Roald Dahl's The Witches. Um, I was mm -hmm. both terrified and fascinated by this book. But something really clicked into place for me when I heard you talking in another interview about why little girls especially are interested in witches. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I felt the same way. Well, when I was growing up, you know, let's say at Halloween, you had two choices. You could be a princess or a witch. Mm -hmm. I always chose the witch. And I think most little girls are still choosing the witch, even though they have like more options than I did. And I think, you know, it's the mythic, the one female mythic figure with power. And, um, I, you know, when you read about witches and fairy tales, you know, they're, they're scary because they have power, but they're not necessarily scary to us, to females. Um, so I think it's very natural for, for girls to still be drawn to witches. And, you know, when I was doing my research, I, I, I can't remember the exact percentage, but something like 80% of the heroes in fairy tales are female. So it's girls saving themselves, girls saving their brothers who are climbing into the oven, girls, you know, finding their path through the woods. And I think that, you know, I was a fairy tale fanatic also. I think that's part of it is that we could see ourselves in a different way in an active way um in reading fairy tales not everybody was sleeping beauty some people were finding their way through the woods <laughs> and you know i was thinking about this a little more like what is the fairy tale i went back to you know over and over and over again and i think for me it was cinderella 
but not because of Prince Charming. I was more consumed with the relationship of the sisters towards her and the uh-huh. like that. That's what consumed me, how how the the women in the story treated each other. And I don't think I could really identify that until thinking about it a little more um, yeah. through some of these things. That, that makes perfect sense because I think that fairy tales are the most psychologically astute tales for children. And I think that when children read them, they get that. They get that they're being told the truth about very deep emotional issues. Like you just said, the stepsisters, you know, there's also the fairy godmother in there, you know, so like it's kind of the whole range of, you know, kind of female relationships and it's not sugar coated, you know, it's very, um, it can be brutal out there. Yeah. And you, (laughs) you have a, a section on your website too, where you have fairy tales that you have written. And I think it's just such a fun thing to visit. Um, Thank you. Thank you. So, it's, yeah. fun, it's fun to write also. Yeah, just such a fun thing to, because you change them out pretty regularly. Yeah. 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 So true. Yeah. So I definitely recommend go, <laughs> go read the fairy tales on Alice Hoffman's website. Um, one of the themes that runs throughout the Practical Magic series is the relationships and often very complicated relationships that women have with each other, especially in families. And I think yeah. I mentioned, I, I love the generational aspects of the story of the series, um, this collective wisdom and pain that is passed from one generation to the next, mm-hmm. and the lengths we go to protect the ones we love. And there are so many moments in the book series um, and I just I, I want to tell you about one of my favorite <laughs> just because <laughs> just because I have to. We gotta have a fangirl and, moment. A and bit. it's yeah. not and it and it's not just me because I've actually I have a, a friend and colleague who um had posted on social media about this too. Um so there's a scene in Magic Lessons, so the third book in the series that takes us back to where the curse on the Owens bloodline is born. Um And the scene is so powerful. So Maria had just experienced an incredible trauma, and yet she continues with hope and determination. And it's in that moment on page 34 that we know she is a survivor. You write, she already knew that the past was over and done. She would never again watch another woman burn. And when I read that, like, I had to shut the book and take a break because it was such a powerful statement in just those two lines. Um, and it, it's... I, I have to say, I feel like crying just, just hearing that <laughs> because I, I feel like that's what the books are about. Yeah, it just, I was like, wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was, and it stays with me now. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I think, you know, Part of the reason the books are so popular is because it's about sisterhood and about um, support women supporting other women. And the relationships are complicated and they, you know, they get messed up and, and people can betray each other. But basically at the heart of it, it, the core of it is really about sisterhood and that idea of Maria being a survivor, which is really important to me. I'm a breast cancer survivor, but I am interested in survivorship, you know, at every level. And um, the fact that she's a survivor and the fact that she would never 
watch a woman burn and that she would never betray anyone and that she was going to do her best to have a life despite the fact that all the odds are against her um, is really what the stories are about. And, you know, this is the 1600s, right? When, you know, the story Mm -hmm. is taking place, but there's so many parallels to, you know, our current times in a lot of ways. Um, And yeah, Yeah. so good. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I mean, I didn't even realize this when I was writing it was, you know, it takes place around the time of the, um, of the plague. And so there were so many similarities writing it to what was happening to us with COVID and, you know, kind of blaming the other and, you know, and outcasts and refugees and all of that, you know, that kind of feeling of, of medicine that is really works and, um, and yet is thought to be, you know, kind of witchcraft, you know, just the fact that, you know, in, in the 17th century, that um, women who were healers had more success in saving their patients than the men who were physicians was because they washed their hands. And so throughout the series, there there's this black soap that the Owens women make. And then I thought, oh, of course, that's when it started. It was, you know, antibacterial soap that they used um, in the 17th century. So I'll admit the book of magic had me from the dedication page and the very first line of the book for obvious reasons. Uh, You make (laughs) reference to many books throughout the story. Are these books that have influenced you in your life? Is there a book or an author in particular that holds a special place in your heart? Well, you know, the book of magic kind of is an homage for me to librarians and libraries because I feel that librarians saved my life. Uh, starting with my school librarian, Mrs. Inken. Um, So it's kind of, you know, the whole book is about books and about libraries. And I do have a list um, in the book of books that were really special to me at different, you know, times in my life, books that I felt like saved my life, showed me a path. Um, And it's, it's a very eclectic mix of books. But, you know, I just kind of wanted to give them a shout out and, you know, I felt like this was my opportunity to do that. As librarians, one of our very favorite things to discuss is the magic of books. We truly believe that words have power and books are life changing. And one of your most famous quotes, especially in library circles, is books may well be the only true magic. (laughs) So, So I have to ask. Um, what magical thing happens for you when you read a book? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because for me, the most magical thing was the first time of walking into a library because I feel like, um, and this is why I'm I'm a fanatic about libraries and librarians. I feel like for me and for so many other children, it was the first time I really had the opportunity to make my own choices. And the whole world opened to me. I personally feel that my life would have been completely different if I wasn't a reader and if I didn't go to libraries. Um, You know, I grew up in kind of a bad neighborhood. I I didn't see many options until I became a reader. And I think that's so true for for kids today. So, um, uh, you know, for me, writing about books and writing about libraries just comes naturally. But for me, you know, books were the magic in my life. They still are. And, you know, it was my way to, to see what other worlds were like, but also my way of escaping my life. Um, it was 
kind of my therapy <laughs> and you know it was really my everything it was my magic and I still feel that way today that for me you know um writing has become that for me too that that's the magic in my life so you also have written you know several books for young readers which we haven't really touched on um what yeah. made you decide to write for a younger audience I think I wanted to do it because I feel that what you read when you're about 12 or 13 affects you more than anything else and stays with you in such a deep way. I mean, for me, there are many, many books, but the, but the one author that really stood out for me at that time in my life was Ray Bradbury, who I still adore. And I feel like every 12 and 13 year old kid should, should be reading Ray Bradbury because he presents such a moral world of good and evil. He's kind of like this father figure in in some ways, and yet the books are filled with magic, and and of course he had he has you know the classic book of Fahrenheit 451, which is all about the importance of books, and so that they're so important and so dangerous yes. that the government wants to burn them all, and that there are people who are willing to become a book to memorize a book so that the books aren't lost. To me, that book just kind of changed my life and. Even years later, when I, ha I had writer's block for the first time um, after 9-11, I couldn't write at all. And I was lucky enough or smart enough to know to go to Ray Bradbury and reread Fahrenheit 451 so I would remember how important books are. Yeah, and I, I think you know, books have the power to change people, to change us and that that makes them a target you know it makes them a target i mean why else would there be banned books you know yeah. they're you know they're deemed they're dangerous you know they may give people ideas you know yeah. and uh, you know i mean that's always so interesting to me that um you know if if a child reads then they then they form their own opinions yeah. and um you know and then the library becomes the world You have a really great newsletter that you send out monthly, and the last few months have been dedicated to the Practical Magic series, and there's really great discussion questions for the books. Um, one of my favorite questions is, in a family where love is destined to bring loss, so we're talking about the curse, the Owens curse, mm. how do the characters continue to find the courage to love more? And not less. So yeah, that, it's true. <laughs> it's true you know, for them. That, that, that I was like, oh, I got it. I had to think about that one for a while, you know, and, <laughs> and think about, you know, that's a challenge in my own life, right? How do we continue to find the courage yeah. to love more and not less? Yeah. I mean, it's a challenge for me too. I think it is for most people. You know, you get hurt, you get betrayed. The world is difficult. You have terrible loss. How do you continue to be a person who's able to love? It's a constant challenge. And it's something that I don't really know the answer to, which is, I think, why I keep writing about it. Because I think very often, and I, I, for me, at any rate, I think I'm much smarter as an author than I am as a person. So I'm kind of looking for the answers to questions just like that. How do you love more, not less? Yeah. And now we're going to try to get you to spill the beans a little bit with our last question. So we've heard that the Practical Magic series uh, could be coming to television as a long form series. Is this something that's still in the works 
Or, you know, would you mind sharing any details about what you might be working on now? Yeah, well, it, it definitely is in the works. The producer of um, Practical Magic also bought the Rules of Magic and Magic Lessons. And um, so it would be a series that dealt with all the different time periods and all the different members of the family, which I think would be really exciting. Yes, we're but, kind you know, of cheering over here silently. <laughs> yes, no, I want it to be too. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that it, it happens. Um, and also uh, another book of mine called The World That We Knew, which is takes place during the Holocaust, was also bought. Um, you know, we'll see if it becomes a series or not. You know, you just you just never know. That was a um, great but, book. Uh, I could see that being such a great series too. Yeah, I think so, too. So, so, you know, I'm excited about that. And I'm working on a book right now that's completely different, even though I have to say, I really want to go back to magic. Um, (laughs) It's hard for me not to. And I, you know, I have an idea that's some somewhat related, but we'll see what happens. But right now I'm working on a book that's that's biblical. And it's been a huge amount of research. And um, I'm just about done. And I think I think it'll be out next year. Um, so I don't want to talk about it too much till it's like completely, you know, but it's, it's, it's really about women's relationships with each other. And what I, you know, sometimes you don't realize what a book is about until you're through with it or until you're writing it. It's really about kind of the other mothers that we find in our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, which certainly happened to me, you know, whether it's a mentor or librarian or a teacher or a neighbor, you know, that sometimes, you know, when we need to we find other women in our lives who can teach us what we need, what we need to know at that particular time in our life. Well, that is a great tease for that. Yeah, we like, will definitely. Now we're going to do like counting down the days. So yeah. We will <laughs> definitely keep our eyes out for that. Well, Alice, it has been a pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so much um, for the conversation, for the wisdom, for the joy, for your books. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I've loved talking to you. And thank you so much for all you do for books. I really appreciate that. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.